This is the Sanam S4 podcast brought to you by Sanam S4, the go-to people to success in the world's fastest growing economies. Season 2. As we come to terms over the new normal in COVID affected world, we bring to you the season 2, Voices from India. The spotlight this season is on the dynamics of international education that is getting re-engineered to a whole new level and the response of Indian market to these changes. Episode 1. Our guest today is my dear colleague Apratim Mukhopadhyay. Apratim is a seasoned international recruitment officer who has worked for education sector in Australia and Canada. He is presently working with University of Toronto, Canada. Today he shares his expert opinion on how India is responding to Canada as a study destination in the present scenario. A warm welcome to the session Apratim. Thank you Anuradha. Thank you for inviting me. Let's start with what we were discussing just before the mics went on. We were talking about how good it is to see Canada helping international students by increasing the number of working hours allowed from 20 to 40 for certain occupation also that Canada is one of the first countries to go on records as early as March 18th to announce that it would be keeping its border open for foreign workers and international students what are some of the other benefits apratim that Canada has since then extended to international students. Well, Anuradha, thank you for mentioning some of the benefits that the Canadian government has already announced. Uh, having said that, I would like to also uh, sort of inform here that the situation is actually difficult globally. And within this setting, uh, as you have correctly posed, that Canada has responded measurably. So for one thing Canada has allowed the current international students to go on with their programs unaffected. Uh so I I I assume that some of them uh who have already been studying at the universities may have to take some of their examinations etc in an online mode but having said that the overall situation remained unaffected for them. Not only uh that uh but as the latest information from the Canadian government uh, as we were discussing before we started our conversation uh, or we started record uh, as as uh, from the last week uh, further allays the concerns of incoming international students in fall 2020 regarding issues uh, like post completion work rights etc since it may be that the mode of delivery is going to be an alternate one for at least briefly uh, as some of the providers uh, we know that have already Uh, announced uh, that they are going to uh, go for an alternate mode of delivery of their programs uh, at least for a term however this information actually is kind of that something that lifts the veil of uncertainty from the situation that is prevailing uh, some other notable things include international students who who remain in canada can apply to renew their study permits and can at the same time continue to study and work while their applications for renewal are being processed at uh, this time international students who also hold a valid study permit which was granted prior to the 18th of march uh, are allowed to travel to canada depending upon the travel scenarios in their respective home countries 
Got that. So this is something that students would have responded to positively a lot. I believe that some of their concerns must have been put to ease. But uh, as you are in touch with most of the students who are going to your universities now, what is it that you can sense from the conversation that you have with them? How are they responding to these changes? Anuradha, thank you for posing that question. Now, I would like to give some context to this here in terms of the Canadian education system or rather post-secondary education system. So the Canadian post-secondary education sector uh, has a clear demarcation of academic and non-academic areas. And within that, the universities cater to the needs of the academic side of things. Since I'm uh, associated with the university, my response will be more from the perspective of the university sector. So within the university sector, there is, uh, I can certainly discern no significant change, particularly in the context of universities like ours, that is University of Toronto, this is even truer. Uh, generally speaking, uh, there is a feeling of unease among the students and families, chiefly on account of the health situation or the health environment that is there globally. Uh, and the, how this is going to impact their future course of action. However, the Canadian universities were pretty quick to reach out and reassure students and families that disruptions outside of their control would not negatively impact their admission to our universities, for one, which has helped quell those fears. Things like cancellation of high school examination is just one such example uh, wherein, as we know, that IB exams or A-level exams have been cancelled or delays in uh, India for the CBSE exams and the consequent uh, final outcomes is something that is beyond the control of the students. So uh, they need not worry about that. And the uh, university sector is going to be quite flexible on that. All uh, That much is very clear. Not only uh, that, the university is further bolstered uh, the students by offering things like remedial online learning for those who have accepted their offers of studies to do prior they reach uh, prior to the time they reach Canada, or for that matter, uh, during the next next two or three months that they are here in India. All right. Um, are there still certain other questions? Okay, so these are some of the concerns that you've raised. Are there other specific questions that they're asking about the mode of delivery for the next intake? Well, uh, uh, Anuradha, the line of questioning first and foremost starts with how well the universities are equipped to deal with a situation uh, like COVID-19. The universities, just like the Canadian administration, have come up very, very fast with the things like dissemination of public information about things like social and physical distancing. And a uh, lot of steps have been taken to enforce these on campus. So uh, a cl clear public information has helped answer this question about uh, the preparedness of the institutions uh, to deal with the situation that is there. Uh, another kind of question that we tend to tend to go ahead and uh, asked quite often right now uh, is the mode of delivery that you've alluded to. So in case that happens, uh, how is that going to impact the students' uh, options in the future? As uh, has been highlighted from the Government of Canada's uh, uh, instructions and uh, notifications last week, 
this is not going to impact the students' uh, students' opportunities, particularly post-completion work rights. To uh, for one, because uh, the government has clearly mentioned that even if 50% of the program is via an alternate mode of study, this is going to uh, this is not going to impact the post-study rights, provided they do uh, go ahead and complete the program in the way that the institution has offered them. Uh, another question, typically, uh, is, are there any changes in the timelines for acceptance and commencement? So uh, right now, uh, we are in the month of May, and almost every Canadian institution uh, from the university sector is still going on accepting uh, the offers, uh, accepting from the students uh, what all they have offered so far. Now, as the process is still an ongoing one, there are general questions, particularly uh, because U.S. has been one of the most popular uh, markets beforehand, and people do tend to compare it to Canadian experience as well. So, for example, the gravity of the situation uh, is quite different in the United States at the moment, and many institutions in U.S. has uh, provided extensions and delays and things like that as far as acceptance and commencement are concerned. However, as far as we are concerned in Canada, uh, from the Canadian university's side, I would say that this has not been the case. So we are sticking to the timelines that uh, we already uh, have published beforehand. So that is something very, very uh, clear and different if you want to compare it with the US situation. Uh, also, given the prevailing conditions in India, uh, because we are uh, still in a lockdown mode and we have just entered the lockdown 4.0 today. So uh, things like uh, the immigration services offered by the, uh, by the missions, uh, the Canadian IRCC and many other missions across the country, they remain suspended. So unless and until there is an absolute urgency. So the students are genuinely concerned about what if there are delays in processing their applications, say a couple of months down the line. Also, they will have to uh, make sure about the health and safety measures for the staff that are working in these missions. Uh, things like biometrics, as well as medical examinations, which are mandatory for uh, someone looking for a Canadian study permit. Uh, how will these be managed is something that the students, would, uh, students are asking. Uh, so these are some things that uh, that we need some concrete answers to, and we'll only get to know them. I I would assume that uh, sometime uh, sometime soon, <laughs> rather than I do not have an exact timeline. Uh, no one can say what what situation they'll be in uh, because again there is a lot of uncertainty going around. So some of the students are also concerned about being prepared for their first year classes. The things that uh, they are not going to uh, get a chance to prove themselves via final examinations of their high school. So how? Uh, so there is a general uh, sort of, uh, I would say, a concern, uh, for the want of any other expression, that will they? Because university education is a rigorous one, and will they find themselves prepared amply? So academically given how the rest of their semesters, exams, etc., were concerned. So one example uh, here that our School of Engineering has also started uh, one online summer program for admitted students again. 
so they can just go ahead and check themselves on that uh, and uh, they can find out that uh, in terms of preparedness what what all they required to so these are a few uh, sort of typical questions that we come across uh, in in the way we are existing as of now uh, to allay the concerns of the prospective students okay so i feel that students are still in a dilemma uh, and then universities have um, many more miles to go to plan for the next intake let's see what are certain best practices apratham that institutes should follow to help students make the decision in favor of taking admission in this intake uh anuradha one of the critical things that the institutions can uh, do or and they have uh, done is decisiveness so as uh, alluded to in the previous response uh, was that the timelines for the canadian institutions for example will not will remain the same so that is an example of the decisiveness and that actually puts the mind students mind to uh, rest uh, at least partially if not wholly i i can understand that <laughs> there cannot be the concerns cannot be wholly put to rest given the situation and also uh, we must uh, be realistic that it is easier said than done given the covid-19 situation is rapidly evolving around the world so universities uh, should be looking at ways uh, as at alternate ways to best prepare their incoming classes for their studies as well offering remedial and pre- or preparatory courses for the summer to help fill any gaps in knowledge from the disrupted school year is something that should be looked at seriously and wherever possible adopted for the next question i know it's difficult for one to predict with any certainty so i put a clause of this being a hypothesis that later may not hold absolutely true apratham but i need to ask you this question so that i can have your expert inside into it and the question is this in the post pandemic scenario what are the changes you foresee in the higher education sector well uh, perhaps this is the most difficult question that you have posed so far anuradha i mean i understand i understand and that's why i have quoted that it is a hypothetical situation and uh, nobody is going to uh, kind of um, be certain i am sure but um, as as you have this experience in uh, the field it i i think you would be more clairvoyant about um how it's going to unravel itself so yeah it is valuable to have you inside i wish i had the gift of clairvoyance and radha but uh, your question has an answer to what you've asked uh, within itself so i mean i would like to frame my response in these uh, in this way that the world over of course there is there are competing theories about it as we all know how it is going to shift the way the pandemic is going to shift the way Uh, we we organize things and we affect things uh i am right now uh quite open to it and i have not uh given in to one or the other so historically uh i mean we have one example in past century that of the spanish flu to follow i mean at this scale i think we haven't had anything uh other than that uh, particular uh affliction that was here in the world about 100 years ago so 
I would like to ask, has that particular pandemic in the early 20th century markedly changed the way things have been conducted since? So one thing that will be interesting to look at uh, in the future is the changes that we are going to make now to the way we do things when uh, when we are out of this pand pandemic situation. So the changes that we are going to affect right now, will they be of a permanent nature or, will, uh, or are they just going to be uh, sort of a stopgap arrangement for this to pass over? So these are some of the questions that need answers. As an example, if the program delivery happens online, uh, there is a school of thought which is of the opinion that this, this remote delivery is going to be the case in the future as well. Uh, so that adds a sort of permanence to, to that particular, uh, by that particular school of thought. However, if that is going to be the case, how do we reconcile it with the cross-cultural experience, which has hitherto been one of the greatest, if not the greatest, reason that the students choose to study overseas? Has some work in that direction taken place? Uh, some research, I'm sure they, the work is going on apace, but do we have any clear indicators towards that? Would that be possible to gain that experience of cross-cultural experience that we just spoke about uh, without being a student uh, going overseas or just being going overseas for a very short duration of time? Is that possible? So these are some of the hypothetical questions to your hypothetical question I would want to uh, pose as an answer. Right. Okay. So um, a final question, Apratim. Uh, and this may, again, sound rhetorical, but it's, again, uh, good to have your insight into this. How critical is the role of communication in this time for the institutes? Uh, well, and rather clear communication is extremely critical, if not the critical component of dealing with any complex situation. And this pandemic is no different. Uh, in the present one, a part of the public communication has been taken care of by the Canadian government agencies through their notifications uh, by announcing uh, the, their policies that we have alluded to in our conversation today. The other part is going to be settled completely uh, from the institution side in the, in the coming days, wherein we've seen that a number of institutions have already uh, decided what they are going to do and others are in the process of doing so. So timely action by anticipating and communicating in a concerted manner definitely impacts a situation positively. And this is no different a case here. On that note, we bring this episode to an end. Thank you, Apratim, for accepting the request of coming to the session today. It is indeed a pleasure to talk to you as always. Looking forward to hear more from you as the situation unravels. Thank you, Anuradha. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, I wish you all health and be safe in Bangalore uh, with your friends and family. Thank you. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. Here's Anuradha signing off. Bye until the next episode where we will look at a new study destination and its prospects in India. Be happy and keep safe. This episode was powered by ManicPod.